You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Dr. Charles Laux here, and uh, this is episode 55. 56? 55 was yesterday with Katie uh, O'Hara Labrie, and today we have our special guest just from up the road here, Mr. Adam Gresham. Hello. Hey, Adam, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. It's good to be back. Thanks for being here. Yeah, Appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, this is our second uh, second time on the show. Yeah. And the yeah. uh, cool part is, last year, um, you had not even started your adventure into string teaching, or you just started. I, I can't remember. I was going to go look it up, and I yeah. ran out of time. I forget I what it was. I think I was maybe like a month in, or somewhere in August or yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But a- a- Adam teaches at... Uh, Barber Middle School mm-hmm. here in uh, Cobb County, Georgia, and uh, percussionist yep. uh, by trade. Yep. And band director for seven years? Six years. Six years. Yep. High school. High school and middle school. And middle school. Okay. Yeah. And then he he got the itch. <laughs> the, the itch to teach strings uh, and um, decided to go for a job in middle, as a middle school orchestra director. Yep. Got it. And then, go, then went... <gasps> I gotta get going cool. on this. Like I gotta get going yeah. on this. So last yeah. last summer, I met at met, met Adam actually in Michigan at the University of Michigan Train Teachers Workshop. Yep. And um, yeah, it was it's just weird because uh, that was already a year ago, and yeah, yeah, time flies. It does. It's it's been a really fast year. I, you know, I've I feel like every year has its own um, timeline almost. No year that I've taught feels the same. And, mm-hmm. and this year I felt like maybe it's just because we've been through COVID and, and all those like really long, strange years recently. But it's like this year was like, oh, this one just flew by, <laughs> you know. So it's, either it's, it's um, you know, they're just having more fun or mm-hmm. or we're back to normal. And, you know, either one is great, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you went to uh, Michigan and Ohio State yep. last uh, last year, got all as much as you could gather before Did you some, started. Some private lessons and yeah. yeah. And still felt like I know, you know, I knew like a quarter of what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we go into those situations and that's that's how it is, yeah. you know. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, you were all in and you did all the prep work that you could yeah. possibly do. Yeah. And then tell us about your... Incoming call from 470. Oh. Okay. I got a call here. for Charles Locks. That's the, that's the pizza you ordered, yeah. right? Yeah, Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Um the, the joys of uh, live streaming and live broadcast here. Um, so tell us uh, about your first year. I mean, well, I guess, uh, yeah, tell us about your first year. Um, what, what a, what a like, loaded question. I know. I, <laughs> how much how much is there? But uh, I guess what what was uh, what did you what what were the expectations and then the reality? Like, kind of think talk to us a bit about what you thought it was going to be yeah. and then what it really was and I, you know. I, you know, I, I don't know what I, I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's kind of one of those, you know, you're just kind of stepping into the unknown at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, f- starting out, you're like, well, it's still music. You know, I'm, I'm used to the band world and I'm used to, you know, a, a rehearsal process and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, probably 70% of stuff is going to be pretty similar in terms of the day-to-day. It's still public school teaching. It's yeah. all of that. Um, but all the string stuff, I was like, man, that's so, uh, it's so different. I don't know what to mm-hmm. expect or what it's going to be like. And so, uh, I think that's where, you know, definitely the stuff last summer really helped kind of just get me in the know. Yeah. Um, and then once I got in the classroom and I was so happy that I, like, I just <laughs> knew how to hold the instrument and, and yeah, how to yeah, play, yeah. you know, a D major scale at first, you know, and all that kind of stuff, just so that I could like get off the ground and go, mm-hmm. all right, I feel comfortable enough, like holding the instrument and, and starting to play in front of the kids. And it wasn't pretty at first, you know, it was right, right. But it was, it was better than the sixth graders, you know? So, um, now did you, did you, uh, did you share, uh, that your information with them? Like, I'm just learning this out or were you did you not share that at all i I don't i don't remember really um i guess i i guess the answer is i didn't okay um i think at first i wanted to just like establish that credibility of like hey i'm your new teacher and i didn't want to like come in and go oh hey by the way i'm new i've never yeah no i mean i'm not saying that you should i'm just asking if you did so yeah i think that was smart i mean 
I think later on down the road, you know, because uh, what's, what's unique at Barber is that, you know, it's a smaller school. We have like 850 kids. And, okay. Um, we've got four fine arts programs, you know, band, chorus, orchestra, and dance. And we share probably, we probably teach about 80 to 90% of the school. Oh, wow. Uh, or okay. in one of our that's, programs. That's great. And, um, you know, I, I was looking at my numbers and it was like, well, I think probably 80% of my kids double in another fine arts. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot so of. So they sharing. have the ability to do band and orchestra, or chorus and orchestra. Yeah, or you could double anything. Orchestra and orchestra? Double orchestra is a thing. Whoa, yeah. like two periods a day? Yeah. That's, That's great. For the, for the real crazy kids. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, um, and, and I know it was that it is that way at uh, my feeder at Maybury, too. Um, and those kids are just gung ho. Like they just, yeah. like, they love it. So. It's, it, yeah. There's, it, when I got there, I don't think it was a thing, but I know there was double band. And I was like, well, if we've got double band. Can we do double orchestra? I'm sure there's some kids that want to do that, too. And, uh, you know, the admin's super supportive at Barbara. And they're yeah. just like, yeah, if you've got kids that want to do it. And, and I was like, okay. And I just kind of, you know, threw it out there. And I got. Is that every grade? Uh, it started with just eighth grade. Okay. And then um, kind of phased it into seventh grade. And I think the seventh graders are, like, a little bit more interested even. They're like, oh, I get to do it. You know, we, we offered it in December. So. Okay. Got, oh, okay. Like, so yeah. halfway. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, those kids are, you know, it, it's funny. It's the the most dedicated kids, and then every day they're still like, "But you know what? I think we should do today. I think we should play for an hour, and then the second hour, you know, I'll just be tired. So let's just hang out." And I'm like, <laughs> "You wanted to be here twice." Right. They're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "You, but you like playing." They're like, "Yeah, but you know, come on." <laughs> I think I think that's a little bit about like that's a little t- today's kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just who they are, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, we have that <laughs> that work ethic problem, you know, a little bit. But, but no, I mean, it's 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 been cool. I can't remember. I was, I was getting to a point about something about the doubling. Um, Sorry. I forgot. But It'll come back to you, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's it's cool, and, and the program is, is um, really starting to explode. I'm, you know, starting to – we're kind of going through the, the process of scheduling and stuff at the end of last year, and – I was, you know, always worried about, you know, all right, how many kids are we going to keep? How many kids right. are going to go to something else? And, um, you know, my last school, that was it was super high transiency, you know. And yeah. so I, I couldn't count on, you know, who was going to be there next year. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, I hope I, hope I just have half my kids back, you know. <laughs> and, and I think I'm going to keep most of the kids. And there was, you know, at the end of the year, there was like two or three times the amount of kids that wanted to do double orchestra. And I was like... Oh, all right. Well, I guess I did okay. You're doing yeah. you're doing things right, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's good. So you uh, the, the now h- how many kids would you say did like orchestra and band oh, like split or it's um is it a handful or is it it's a good like amount? about thirty to forty percent? Okay, yeah, I've done a lot of like spreadsheeting yeah. and looking at numbers. Yeah, and, that's you know. good. Um, but it's it's a real benefit, you know. That I was kind of sketchy on it at first because it's like, well. How much time are they going to have to practice my instrument versus the band instrument? And, you know, is it going to be too much for the kid? And the reality is they just, they're smarter. Musically, they're more intelligent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it it builds off of each other. Some yeah. things they learn in orchestra, like, oh, I'm going to play that to band and then vice versa. And, and it expands their brain, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things where I, I, I actually kind of like it because it's... Um, I can take my knowledge from the band side and go like, oh, I know this kid plays flute. So let me talk to them mm-hmm. about, you know, hey, in, in band, this is what you'd have to do. And this is how it relates here. And, you know, it starts to open up their brain a little bit more about just music in general and not yeah. just like, all right, I'll press down this and then I'll do this. And, then you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's rhythmic. Uh, I mean, I think um, band has a lot of really great strategies for rhythm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that we can apply. And I think, you know, like I said, vice versa. So they're just, they're just building. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it really helps. And it's, it's funny. It's, it's usually your top kids that are, you know, in the top band or in the top orchestra. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if they double in any fine arts, it kind of works out that way. If they're in yeah. dance, you know, they're going to be in your, want to be in your advanced class or if they're in chorus, whatever it is that they're doubling, it's helping them in their brain to just connect all those pieces a little bit faster. And so it's like, oh, you're a good kid in my class, and they're a good kid in your class too. I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. The, yeah, they're going to be good everywhere. Because yeah, this just yeah. helps out. But, Def- definitely. Uh, so I was um, talking about. Did I tell them at first? I think yeah. This is what I was coming back to. Yeah. Sorry. 
um, I I think I didn't tell them at first, and then um, we got to like December or something, you know, and the kids were like, "Oh, you just play so much better than us. Oh, it's just too hard for us." You know, we're hitting that breaking point. Good. Well, like, that's good that they that you have that. <laughs> I was like, guys, look, if I can if I can do it, you can do it. And they're like, "You've been playing forever." I was like, "I've been playing for six months." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> Great, <laughs> you know, and the sixth graders, the sixth graders are, are super easy to trick, you know. Oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you only been playing for six months, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I used to teach band, and I, you know, started picking this up, and they're like, oh my gosh, and I was like, but guys, that just means that in six months you can be this good. You should be better yeah. than me, you know. Yeah. And and the the eighth graders kind of knew, you know, pretty quickly, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but and I just told this, the eighth graders, I'm like, look, you should be better than me. And the reality is with how much you play, like, you, you should be outplaying me mm-hmm. most days, you know? Yeah. You should be practicing more than me. You should be, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing this kind of stuff. And um, so, you know, I think I think that kind of came out slowly over time. But a seventh grade, I don't think even knew until almost the end of the year. Um, Great. I talked to it. There's a couple cello uh, players that, um, you know, double with a band and they were yeah. percussionists. And I was like, oh, you know, I play percussion. Or like when the, the band did their symphonic camp. Um, oh, yeah. I was a percussion okay. uh, person, you know. So like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm a percussionist. I play this stuff. And they're like, Oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah. You know, so they some of them kind of caught on, but yeah. I still don't know if they knew that I, I taught band. They were just like, Oh, he used to do that, but now he plays strings. And I'm like, yeah. Oh no, I taught band too. And <laughs> that's great. That's great so, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes you very versatile uh, for your career, and yeah, you know, as you move forward, you know, and there's a lot of places out there, um, not necessarily in Georgia. But in a lot of other schools and other states that uh, you have to be able to do both because they have yeah. one teacher that does both. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think especially when I was at Ohio State, you know, most of the people there, that there's the, the string beginner track. And there's not a lot of people, I think, that are just fully jumping ship, you know, and going to orchestra. There's a lot of people that are in those smaller right. schools or they're getting asked to pick up the one or two sections of orchestra. And they're kind of like, oh, oh, God, what do I yeah. do? You know? Yeah. And so... Um, but you know, I think that's great. Yeah, I, no. I would encourage them to just keep pushing towards keep the orchestra pushing. side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we definitely need string teachers out there. Uh, there's uh, that the shortage, uh, and I think it's great. You know, yeah. there's uh, so many fine, fine orchestra teachers that are not string specialists that weren't string specialists growing up. Yeah, and have done um, awesome work. You know. And I, I do I do want to like applaud you on the fact that like there's a lot of teachers that will take over and then they'll just wave the stick and tell them what to do but they won't model right. you know and we all know modeling is like the the best strategy and one of the most important things we can do so um, I applaud you on on taking that challenge you know well especially in middle school you know I, I think whatever you teach I think it's modeling is so important um, and I think that's from a percussionist perspective. That was one of the things that really kicked my butt in college. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I remember my first brass methods class. Or my brass methods class was like, pick up this French horn and um, play a, a one octave scale. And I was like, I've never buzzed my lips before. I've never done, you know, same thing yeah. in, in every methods class, woodwinds and strings. And uh, so as a percussionist, it's just, it's learning everything from scratch. And, and um, I almost had to approach it, you know, from a, the percussionist perspective of just all right here's another thing i'm being asked to play in the in the ensemble today and how do i figure out this technique really fast and make it sound professional and yeah uh you know i did it with with clarinet and trumpet and trombone when i was teaching band and i was like all right now i've got to figure out violin now i've got to figure out cello and yeah um i was talking to uh another colleague that, that just is a, is a band person that just got an orchestra gig here in the county uh for oh. next year oh okay and they kind of reached out to me and uh, were like, hey, can you you know give her a call and kind of talk through what you did? Because she's, yeah. you know, kind of swimming in the deep end right now, too. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me give her a call. I've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we kind of talked through like, oh, yeah, you need to get lessons as soon as possible. Have you have you looked through the Essential Elements book? Get a violin and start trying to play through the Essential Elements book. Yeah. You'll learn a lot just on your own. Yeah. 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 And then she's doing the Ohio State thing and Oh good. Okay. Um, I'll I'll have to look look out for her. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, I, I, there's there's so much you, you learn so fast and, and um you know, if you don't if you don't get a head start, you don't really dive in. Yeah. 
you know, especially in middle school, I was saying with the modeling, like it's really hard to effectively teach kids, I think, at, at any level, but especially at middle school, if you can't feel comfortable enough. And I think that was my big thing last summer was I just have to be comfortable enough to be able to to pick it up and not make a fool of myself. Sure. Yeah. And, and try to to make sure I'm making a good sound and, and showing them, you know, what a good bow hold looks like and, yeah. and all well, that kids, kind of I stuff. mean, kids can read when someone's bluffing, when yeah. someone's kind of faking it till they make it. You know, kids can read that. Um, even middle school kids, I think, yeah. um, can can tell. So you, you definitely... I think um, especially right things, especially yeah. Well, because they had that that there's like that less of a filter in middle school, right? Where they're just like <laughs> yeah. they smell blood in the water. <laughs> like I'm gonna go get them. Don't 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 don't. Yeah yeah. yeah. So yeah. no, but um, <laughs> true. You know, and, and and I think also you know even without telling them at first that I was you know still trying to figure out how to you know play violin and how to get better and, and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Even before I told them that, you know, the strings are not my, you know, native instruments. Um, I think there's that part of teaching where it's just like, I'm going to make mistakes modeling. And, and I would make mistakes in the band world. I'd make mistakes playing percussion. It would be whatever it is. I just go, oh, yeah. sorry, hold on. Let me try yeah. that again. You know? Yeah. And instead of just going, oh, I'm being really down on myself or yeah. making myself look like I don't know what I'm doing. I just go, oh, sorry, hold on. I messed that up. And then just yeah. make sure I get it the next time. I mean, kids need to, I, I think what, what speaks volumes of with the rapport uh, with kids is when you do make mistakes and when you yeah. say, Oh, you know, and they, they realize, Oh, he's not this like orchestra machine, <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's like, you're a real human being, you know, yeah. a person. And, 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 uh, you know, you just like them on a Monday morning are going to have a, you know, brain zap or whatever it might be, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's it. So yeah. absolutely. I think that's, that's fantastic. Well, and, and that's so much, um, I don't know if you do this. I feel like this is like just part of the job is I, I find myself in the process of teaching so much, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to make some musical point and I go, wait, oh, this is just a life point, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll just take a second to go like, oh, you know, this is this is a good habit, not just in here, but also in life, you know, being patient with yourself or yeah. knowing that, hey, you know, failure happens. Um, I was I was reflecting the other day on like a real old interview I had for a job. I think in my like second, you know, third year or something. Okay. Um, I took an interview and, and the principal asked me, and it, this is just one of those that gets burned into your brain, <laughs> you know, cause you've got all those stock interview oh, questions. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. Why do you want this job? All that kind of stuff. How yeah. do you, how do you handle this kid uh, in the classroom? And the one question I've only ever been asked once in an interview was, is it okay to, f for a kid to fail? And I was like, mm. Oh, and, you know, what do you say? <laughs> right. And I was like, wow, that is that's a really great interview question because mm -hmm. it's going to tell you a lot. But I think in that moment, you know, like the, the second or third year teacher, Adam, was like, um, um, well, uh, so, uh, you know, I think sometimes they need to, to struggle and to find their success. But uh, ultimately, if they fail, then it's our fault. It, you know. Yeah. And, and I was reflecting on it and I was like, you know, everyone fails. Yeah, You know, I think you just have to take that human approach of like, yeah, failure is going to happen. And it's whether or not you frame it as a failure or just a learning experience. And exactly. I try to, you know, talk a lot with them about like, yeah, it's it's going to it's going to happen. You're going to miss that note. You're going to play out of tune. You're going to miss this Boeing. What did you learn from that? How are you going to fix it next time? You know, and that's that's essentially, you know, these four walls are, are a mistake zone. <laughs> you know? yeah. And we just yeah. try to take them, you know, one at a time and make them go away. Well, kids but. will kids will definitely you know kids will take more risks if they know that it's okay it's yeah. it, that, that they feel safe you yeah. know and uh, if if they feel like they can't make any mistakes they're gonna they're gonna clam up you yeah. know yeah and and I think that's one of the cool things you know um, if you know me a lot of people are like man you know he's pretty dry and quiet keeps to himself you know. And it, I've been asked before, like, well, why do you teach middle school? Like, you just seem like so not a middle school type. And I'm like, I, I think I just really like how relaxed middle school can be sometimes and how um, how funny the kids are. You know, they're willing to they're laugh goofy. at those mistakes yeah. and they're willing to, like, you know, do goofy stuff. And uh, I had a colleague of mine um, when I used to teach out Norcross, you mm -hmm. know, and it was like, why do you teach middle school? Because I was teaching high school at the time and I'd yeah. come over and he'd be like, and, you know, he's like, oh, you're always so relaxed. You always just seem like so laid back. And he's like, 
man, if I'm not having fun doing this, why am I doing this? That's right. And and I think when I switched to middle school, that's why I was, I really started to learn that. I was like, yeah, no, just have fun and, and make jokes with the kids and let there be mistakes. And mm-hmm. um, it really changes the the environment in the classroom and it makes them feel like, oh, this is a place where I'm safe and I'm accepted. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, and we're going to just try to do our best every day. Yeah, you know? 100%. Uh, I feel like, um, in my classroom, I, I have the still have the middle school heart sometimes, yeah. and then I, I, I tell a joke or I do something, and then my kids are just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> relax!" Like I'm just like because it doesn't work so, at high school all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I would say um, I think my my ultimate teaching heart is a middle school teacher. Yeah, even though I've been doing high school so long, I, I miss it. You know. Hate to, I hate the schedule here though of getting out so late. <laughs> oh really? Oh I hate. The, well I'm an early riser. Like if okay. I if we're up to me, we'd start school at seven. Oh, you know, well, or earlier. But just go teach in Gwinnett. Yeah, they. When I taught in Gwinnett, you know, the the, <laughs> the schedule in Gwinnett's like seven ten to two ten. Oh, see, that's my yeah. That's uh, what it was for me in Las Vegas. The middle school was like seven to two thirty. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like that was awesome. I loved it. I I'm I'm the opposite. You know, I was I was talking to um, my wife is a, is a morning person too. Okay. And we were talking to her the other day, and she was like, hey, you're always getting up so late in the summer. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, my body wants to go to bed between, like, 2 to 4 a.m. and wake up at, like, 11. Like, that's just, like, my natural that's cycle. Funny. And she's, yeah. like, waking up by 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock yeah. is late, yeah. you know. But, man, that made, that made Gwinnett so difficult because, yeah. you know, I was teaching first period, and we had, like, five bands at the time. So you started at 7, you had to be there at... Like six six thirty, yes. yeah. Uh, six thirty was pushing it, you know. And, yeah, uh, we had five <laughs> bands, and and so that meant that one of the periods we had to have two bands happening at the same time, and I was the new guy, and so I was on the stage. You know, I got kicked out of the band uh, when I was on the stage. Oh yeah. And those stage lights weren't on quite yet at, at seven; they hadn't warmed up. So it was like <laughs> teaching dungeon band at seven a.m., and the kids were like, oh. "Yeah." And yeah. yeah, so I. Well, that worked for you then. Yeah. Yeah. It, the schedule for me is much better. Uh, you know. I don't know. Part part of uh, you know, like health and my health is uh, getting up early and going to bed early. And um, I just got back from Alaska, and that four hour time difference really screwed me up. <laughs> I slept till seven seven thirty this this uh, this weekend, eight o'clock one day. I was like, I feel so lazy. <laughs> like, shame on me for for sleeping in. But it just really screwed me up, and I'm still not there yet. I got up this morning at four forty five, and I came. Uh, came down to try to figure out that sound issue I had yesterday with Katie on the live stream. And I figured it out. I guess I, you haven't gotten any text or any saying that nobody can hear you. So hopefully they can. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I was like, got so tired. I had to go back to bed. And I went back to bed for a little bit. It's like, <laughs> like, like killing myself. Like to to to, to just try to get up. And uh, it's it hurt me. Like it, it's I my schedule is very solid. Wow. And yeah, so I, it's I, been weird. I, I I applaud people that can get up early. I, I've just never been one of those people. And, you know, yeah. for a while, you know, teaching, especially the 7 a.m. days, was like, where's the coffee? Yeah. I need the coffee. You know, now, <laughs> now it's better because I can get up at, you know, I can get up at 7.30 and I'm at school by 8.30 and everything's good. And it's like, huh, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel so bad. You know, I can still go to bed at midnight and get almost eight hours of sleep. And Crazy. it's a happy life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody's different, you know, um, but that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do you think were some of the, the biggest challenges for you uh, this year? I know it's like, mm. I mean, probably maybe um, my guess would be um, imposter syndrome, um, worried about, yeah. you know, um, like, am I going to be able to do this? That kind of thing. I mean, everybody gets imposter syndrome. I do on a regular basis when I before I have to teach or present or something. I get it, and uh, it seems like everything's turning out okay. And it did. It did for you. But I think like, those, I those, think those, those are certainly... things that go through our head. You know, it's yeah. part of our psyche, and it's just normal. You know. Yeah, I, oh, I've I've dealt with imposter syndrome. Uh, I think every day since I was five. You know, <laughs> everything I do. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know that I have a degree in music or or that I I've I've been doing it for. You know, playing, I think I counted the other day, like I've been playing 20 years or something like that yeah. since middle school, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, I've already been playing music 20 years and um, it doesn't matter how many degrees I have or how long I've been playing or, or, or how much teaching I've done or uh, that I've done it at different levels. It's like, it doesn't matter. 
Um, yeah. I always feel like, all right, I'm just going to do my best today. And hopefully that, you know, we get this piece together and, and hopefully everything works out. Um, so that, that didn't really change from band to orchestra okay. at all. Okay. You know, that was just, that's just a constant. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> it's just an always general well, anxiety. You know, like I said, it's a normal thing. It's part of life. And yeah. Um, um, for me, um, I know we talked, I think the first time you're like, how's your viola club, your viola club, your alto club going? Oh yeah. The alto club. Um, woes. And, and I thought about that almost every day after that podcast all year. And I was just like, oh, I've just got to get better at, at alto club. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I gave you this thing in your head. And now well, you're no, like, it, it was just one of those things where I was like, you know, yeah, he's right. You know, I, I do need to brush up on that. So then every day, I just, I was just kind of like, it was like a like a helpful reminder. Like, I'm sitting on your shoulder. Yeah, here. <laughs> just like, hey, don't look at that that third violin part. You know, that treble clef. Do not viola look at part. that. I hate look those, at by the look way. at the viola line, and I was yeah. like, okay, you know. And by the end of the year, really, it was just like, oh, come on, that's an E. Hey, come on, that's F sharp. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. I was like, oh, I did it. You know. I, I hate those. Um, I hate the scores with first, second, third, and violas. Like, no, I can't do it because it just it just messes me up. Yeah. It's yeah. it's um. What was the transition for me? Like looking at. I like guess it would be helpful. Twenty lines yeah. from the. Oh band right, score right. Now you're looking at. So now at five. it's like looking at five. <laughs> you know, but then when you have six, you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. I get that. Um, I I think for me. Oh man, one of the one of the biggest challenges I think, the whole year was bass. Okay. Um, and and that was something actually when I was I was talking to the new person that I was uh, that mm-hmm. just got the job. Uh, I was talking about Ohio State, and I was like, you know, hey, you know, you you can do this. They got it's great, you know, uh, beginner track and all that kind of stuff. And um, then you can have some afternoon classes for some secondary things. I was like, you got to do cello or bass. Cello don't, and bass. Yeah. Don't waste your time on viola, especially in middle school. It's essentially the same. Yeah. You know, there's so little time you're gonna spend on the C string on viola in middle school. Yeah. So. And it's not that it's not that hard. Right. You know. Uh, and so I was, you know, I was like, I. I focused on cello and that's it's a little bit more what i when i was doing string methods and stuff in my undergrad you know i did a lot more cello okay so i just kind of gravitated towards cello and it was comfortable and then i spent this whole year going oh, i wish i had more bass i wish i knew more about the bass you know and everybody so... wants more bass right bass players <laughs> yeah but um but yeah it, it, and it's just a different animal it, yeah. it's the least relative of the other instruments and um and and my joke is that if you have five bass players in a room, you're going to have five different uh, opinions on how it should be done, how yeah. it should be played, and yeah. the fingerings too. I mean, most of the time you're going to have those those big differences. So, um, yeah, it's just it's what it is. You know? Well, and I think I messed some kids up at first because I just didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, you know, I play was your teaching. C string, bass players. Yeah. Well, I was I was playing. You know, we'd be working on uh, you know the C major scale. You know, and I didn't know you had to do kind of a, a shift to second position, you know, and then we had to play two and four. And it was like, oh, or, or Were they do a four, four. Yeah. Yeah. And I was they were just doing a full shift, you know, just like a, a oh, like scale one, four and then finger. one. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, OK. Uh, so actually, <laughs> you know, I find, they're like, what are these strange markings? And I was like, oh, well, that tells you. Oh, Hey, we're gonna stop class. And I'm gonna go and show you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I, I will. I think the the section I visit the most, um, like to go demonstrate, obviously, is the base section, and I'll yeah. go back there, and everybody else can be looking at something else or practicing on their own, and I can take the bases for a minute or two and yeah. work with them and and show them the fingerings or show them the technique or whatever it needs to be. But yeah, yeah, they 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 need the most love, I think, out of every any section. Well, um, and. I think it, um, it's so funny because, you know, so much of like what you do in the essential elements book and, and all the technique studies and things, um, it, it's, um, it's all in unison, right? So the bases are asked to do everything that everyone else is, which is great, you know, but it's, it's hard, it's hard for them, especially yeah. in sixth grade. And, uh, and then you get to the music, even in seventh and eighth grade, you know, up to like grade two, three literature, you're like, Oh, look, more whole notes. Oh, more half notes. <laughs> yeah. We got some quarter notes. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, in, yeah. in, uh, in the essential elements, elements book in sixth grade, they're already like, all right, well, let's learn how to shift and let's do these. Yeah. They, they learn like two or three different, you know, shifting patterns yeah. and uh, just so much extra stuff. And I, I tell all the, the kids, I'm like, you know, hey, time out, you know, talk to your friends or practice this on your own. I got to go hang out with the bases for a minute because... 
and they just get used to it. They're like, oh, okay, he's working with the bases again. Yeah. Uh, Because it's just such a different animal. And Mm -hmm. and I think uh, the same way I used to think about band, I used to... um, used to talk a lot with with one of my colleagues that I felt like trumpet and clarinet are your two gatekeeper instruments in band. Okay. Where until you can expand the range, until you get good tone quality in that extra third of the range or that extra fifth, you're not jumping to grade three. You're not jumping to yeah. grade four. Yeah. And I feel like in a, in a way, uh, tangentially maybe, you know, yeah. bass is kind of the same way. Like, and it, and if, if the parts were harder, it would definitely hold you back, yeah. you know? Um, and I, it's unfortunate because I, I, I wish um, I wish there were more challenges in some of the bass music for younger kids because I think it it limits them, you know. Yeah. So we have to make sure that we're using those technique books. And we when I was in Alaska, we were working with the teachers, and there were uh, a couple on on cello bass who weren't cello bass players. We were having them go through, and we got to book three, and there's you know some of those tunes and. They're they were struggling, and we yeah. had we had to bring up again like this is what your kids are going to do too because yeah. in the music they're gonna it, it's definitely like a jump faster jump and and I won't lie to you and say it's it, when I'm looking at programming you know you look at what your basis a lot of times you know you look down at the baseline and go okay well my basis can do this oh, this is a pretty easy piece you know yeah uh, that's why you know we did uh, Beyond the Thunder this year okay um, by uh, Deborah Baker Monday yeah and um, you know, it's mostly just whole notes and quarter notes for the bass. You know, lots mm-hmm. of open strings, and that's where my basses were. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a great fit." It's it's you know interesting, you know, in the upper yeah. strings, and and my cellos were pretty good, but uh, the basses needed that. You know, and on the flip side, it's like, oh, well, I got to work you know twice as hard in those fundamentals to like start getting them going. Yeah, because in eighth grade, there's not there's not going to be as many whole note pieces. You know, that's right. You know, I've got. I was. I was fortunate that I had two really rock star bass players in my orchestra in eighth grade this year. And I just hand them anything, and they're like, "Oh, okay, it's no problem." <laughs> you know, um, they're just super, super nerds and just wanted to figure stuff out. Um, yeah. You know, I would give them downtime, and and I'd catch them back there like transcribing by ear like famous bass solos from j- jazz what? stuff. And, oh wow! You know, yeah. Um, but they I was, were rock stars then. Yeah, but I was like, you know, I'm not. I don't. I don't have that coming up in in the in the seventh to eighth grade this year. And yeah. so that's where those fundamentals. I was like, all right, we really got to spend a lot of time, even though the books are harder than the music. Like that's the most important stuff for those bass players, you know. Yeah. But but I feel like if if you can get those bass players through the sixth grade year, because that's so hard for them, you know, mm-hmm. then seventh grade. You know, they have a little bit more of a chance. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then, then life opens up. It's like, oh, green pastures. Look at this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're less they're less uh, scared of the instrument at that point. But yeah, um, yeah, that's to, to me, bass was like the big learning curve this year it was like constantly just, all right, I feel like my playing is getting better. I feel like, um, you know, my understanding of, of how things work and. Uh, trying to get the right sounds out of the instrument, the right balance, and all that stuff. Okay, this is pretty good. It's yeah. starting to go well. And there's another thing I don't know about bass. You know, yeah. it's just like roadblock after roadblock. And so yeah, like, cool. I mean, I've been teaching. You know, just finished 27 years, and I'm still finding things like, oh man, I want to do more of this. I need to do yeah. better at this. I need to be better about this. So I'm still, you yeah. know, looking for more um, things. I don't, I don't, I don't ever claim that I have it down because yeah. the minute you do that. That's when that's when you just start to like coast, you know, here, there, and that's that's not what I want to do. I want to keep growing. I yeah. got twelve more years left minimum, and uh, I got you know, there's a lot of things I want to do. Well, and I think there's, I think that's what, uh, just something about me and my personality. It's like I always have to have something that I'm learning. You know, I love people used to ask me like, what what's your favorite book? You know, what kind of stuff do you like to read? And it's like I really don't like reading books. I don't either. I like reading textbooks. I like reading Thank you. like. Pedagogy yes. and stuff like <laughs> I, that stuff's fascinating because I right. want to know how stuff works. Right. And so I think a lot of the same, you know, for me, and maybe that's why it was, uh, you know, I approached orchestra with um, so much, you know, energy of, of trying to, to learn the new thing and to constantly uh, absorb and adapt and, and learn and grow mm-hmm. is because it's it's a cool new thing. I've got to figure out how this works. I got to figure out how to do it better now. Now I got to figure out how to make it more efficient. Now I got to, you know, yeah. it's always the next thing for me. So, yeah. I feel the same way. It just about anything, like 
you know, building the studio, like I never built anything before. I yeah. didn't. I did electrical from YouTube University. I did drywall <laughs> through YouTube University and reading stuff and watching YouTube lots of videos. University. YouTube University. I just installed a, a new amplifier, my boat from the car stereo. Yeah. I never done one before, and it's like, uh-huh. yeah, you know. But uh, you got to get the right gauge wire. Right. And you got to have the pot. You know, you got to get all the the right connectors and right fuses and, but. uh it's kicking. It's I did funny. a little <laughs> did a little washer machine YouTube University last week. So oh, nice! Yeah, we had a we called out the repair guy. You know, and we we're like, oh, the washer won't drain and it won't do the spin cycle. And I just got on YouTube and was like, why won't it work? And they're like, all right, unscrew these two screws and then reach in here and pull this out. And I was like, ten minutes later, I fixed it. And the, the repair guy came the next day. And was like, it's working. I was like, I know it's working, but here's what you need to do. <laughs> I told the guy, I was like, I need you to replace this part and this part, and I'll be good to go. He's like, oh, oh, you made it easy. All right. <laughs> Good. Well, so, I mean, it probably saved you some money, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. I like being able to fix my own stuff and ha- not have to pay someone to do it. But there's there's some sometimes where I've made the mistake of not uh, do it, trying it myself, and then I screw it up, and I have to pay yeah. somebody to do it. <laughs> but, but at least I tried. You well, know? And that's speaking of doing things yourself <laughs> and, and making repairs, talking about uh, instrument repairs. Oh yeah. Oh, so different. Oh, I bet. Well, yeah. Oh. There's like, there's not all the glue and pads and like. It's, yeah. I think it's a little more basic, uh, but well, also at the same time, maybe more detailed. Um, or less. It's less, just uh, so different. You know, there, I think uh, you know, like every woodwind player will tell you, they've got their like full uh, kit of like extra emergency pads and yeah, all the stuff, yeah. and there's there's only a couple things for string instruments that are really like, all right, well, I've got a. You know, the bridge is starting to warp. All right, let's fix the bridge. Yeah. All right. Um, I need to replace this tailpiece or I need to, you know, yeah. this peg is slipping or something like, you know. But then there's also things like we don't do our. I yeah. Know, <laughs> like well, I'm not willing to do. It streamlined so much for me this year because it was like, you know, I learned how to, you know, kind of adjust bridges a little bit and, and get things straightened out. And oh, I can't tell you how many middle school kids. I, I didn't know this was going to be an issue. But mm-hmm. every single day a kid would bring an instrument. Oh, this string's really loose. And yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll fix that. And then I, I, I at first it probably instrument. took you a little while, and now it, you're getting faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I grab the instrument and I pick it up, and the the bridge would be like all the way off the oh, side. Yeah. And like, that's the only problem. Just the strings loose, and they're like, yeah, just the strings loose. And I was like, not the bridge. They don't Almost ever look to the, at the f hole over here, right? That's not the problem. They're like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> they don't. Kids never look at the bridge, and um, if someone brings theirs up from for like my high school kids can tune themselves unless there's a problem like yeah. a peg, and so I always look at the bridge, and then I have to like make the lecture of like, look at your bridge, make sure it's up and down, and it's gonna look like it's leaned backwards because the front is you know curved, yeah. but look at the back side of the bridge; it should be perpendicular and yeah. should be centered, and and then uh, the trying feet, to get kids to, to at least like... have an eye for it. Yeah. You know, but um, I'm always doing that, too, because we all know, I mean, that bridge is off by a, a few millimeters or whatever. It, it definitely impacts the sound. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, there's so many, you know, it's like uh, I'll pick up a bridge and it'll have the feet like leaning forward or only the front, you know, edge of that foot is touching. And I'm like. It's. I almost feel like it's like leaning over a cliff. You know, it's like you don't notice that. That looks so scary to me. Now, it is. <laughs> but it is. yeah, I, I mean, repairing the instruments. It's. You're right. It's like there's only a couple things I'll do. Yeah. Um, and what I love. Oh, I love this because it's. It changes. Probably the biggest impact for me is just having kids buy new tail pieces this year. Um, and it maybe seems like a really small thing. Oh, the ones with the built-in fine tuners. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to just. As a yeah, so. I always have the kids with, you know, four fine tuners, especially, right. you know, the younger kids, because I don't want them touching pegs. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but I'm just like, you know, guys, you can get a, a $20 Whitner tailpiece on Amazon, and it'll be here in two days. And then we can fix this, like, horrible, like, wrenching of your fine tuners yeah, that don't move. Yeah, it's one of those and... uh, basically, like, fingertip graters. Yes. I stopped doing it. I was like, you know, after a while, I was like, I look at it, and you can always tell because they're, like, the golden screws. And it's Whoa. like, mm, yeah, I'm not even going to try this. I like, oh, no, no, it's okay. I can get it. I know how to do it. And I was like, all right, those are your fingertips, not mine. Yeah, right. But... <laughs> Yeah, and I remember, like, I think I posted on Facebook one day. It was like, I think I'm a real orchestra teacher now because I've, I actually, like, took off the strings and 
changed my first tailpiece and like the sound post nice. didn't collapse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it makes such a difference. It does. There's just small things with the, with string instruments that make such a difference and it's not a hundred dollar mouthpiece that I had to buy or, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, and, um, and the rest of the and stuff. It seems like just... I, I haven't fixed a lot of wind instruments, but it seems like there's a lot of mysteries like where's the air leaking from and that kind of thing. And oh, it's yeah. like very visual in our instruments that we don't have to, but there's a million parts that I used to have like, you know, a whole, like a, like a, um, I always felt like I was a, a craftsman or like a mechanic. I got a whole tool, tool bench <laughs> of just like, all right, well, let me get these pads from here. or Let me get uh, this spring here or this valve casing. And now yeah. it's just like, uh, just don't really have that stuff. No, no. I've got a tool to like tighten up some uh, chin rests. Yeah. You know, and I've got, you know, a couple extra tail pieces and some strings. And that's pretty much all I, you know, I don't, yeah. the rest I just send to the shop. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't, I don't, I don't mess with too much. I just don't have time. Yeah. To do it. And I want to learn, of course, um, you know, but that's what it is. So. Yeah. So I uh, I know that you're working on your specialist degree. And for mm-hmm. for some states, they don't really have a specialist degree. It's not one not a thing. So the specialist in Georgia is the degree between master's and doctorate. And it is a jump on the pay scale by yeah. a, a good amount. Oh, yeah. And then the doctorate's another jump on the pay scale by a good amount. So um, tell us about your specialist, where you're doing it, what it is in, and like uh, what you're doing. What, what's, yeah. what's up with your specialist? <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, you know, I was. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that, like not everyone has a specialist because I they was don't. talking. I was talking to my dad, who's you know he just he works at Quickrete. Oh okay. Uh, and uh, he was like, "What is what is a specialist thing?" You know, and uh, I don't understand. And I was like, "Oh, I." Yeah, I guess it's kind of a teacher thing. You yeah, know? it is. It's like um, a master's, a second. It's almost like a second master's, but maybe yeah. a little bit more. And I, I had to kind of like just just guess. I was like, well, uh, it's kind of like for people who want a doctorate but don't want a doctorate but <laughs> want more money. I, I was like, I don't really know how we got this, but it's just something we have. He's like, okay. Uh, no, I was, you know, I was kind of um, a couple of years ago, I was looking at, at going down the PhD route mm-hmm. and. Um, I talked to um, David Vandewalker and, and a couple other people, you know, who have gone yeah. through the process. And, uh, you know, they kind of asked. They said, well, do you want to teach college? I was like, no. And they're like, okay, well, that's good because uh, it's probably too late anyway. You need to start that track, you know, five years ago. Yeah, I and I started it late. And, uh, you know, after I taught for 11 or 12 years, uh, I started the track. And then I taught for some more. And by the time I got it done, um, I had taught for like 15 years. And it was just kind of... I don't know. I, yeah. I I love teaching in the public school so much. Yeah. So for me, it was, I mean, I love teaching college, but not as much. And yeah. so that's part of what brought me back. Yeah. And there's, you know, other reasons too, family reasons and financial reasons and those reasons, um, you <laughs> well, know, I feel as well. Like they're, they're paying college professors so little now. Yeah. It's like not worth it almost from a lot of people. To, to, if Like if you're going to, like, like he has said, if you're going to start out, like you can start out as a college professor and a, a public school teacher pretty close. Um, and if you work, your, play your cards right, you can keep it somewhat close. You might not make it, right. you know, might not have as much financially. Um, as a college professor, but you do have a lot more flexibility. Um, it is, you know, yeah. about six weeks less teaching time because I think right. in public schools are 36 weeks. It's about 30 weeks, two semesters, whatever, right. or so, you know, give or take. And, um, you know, when I was teaching college, they're like, yeah, go out and do this gig and go do that and go conduct <laughs> here and go do that. And they didn't care, you know. Right. Public school, I, I pick and choose, you know, yeah. and I had to say no a lot. And, um, which is fine because I want to be here for my family and, and my job, you know, my school job is more important than the other job I have. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have to pick and choose. I, I, I can't go out and take a paid gig on um, a sick day or take a yeah. sick day for that. You have to take a personal day. Yep. If you don't take if you don't take a personal day, then you are double dipping. And that is a code of ethics violation. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and you may not get caught. But um, for me, it's not worth my career, my oh, teaching no. license for a gig. You know, it's really not. So well, yeah. summer gigs are good. Weekend gigs are good. And when I have to take days, uh, like my Allstate, I'm going to do an Alaska in November. I have to take two personal days. That's two personal days. Yeah. You know, well, and it's fine. I, I think I use way more sick time than I do personal days. And I know we have, you know, it's two or three a year mm-hmm. that we're supposed to, you know, use them or lose them, use them or lose them kind of a thing. Yeah. But, um, well, it still comes out of your sick pay, though. The personal yeah. days come out of your yeah. sick. So, and if you keep your sick long enough, 
by the time you retire and you have enough days, you can get an extra year. So yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so I, I um, yeah sorry that wasn't a side. No, that's good. We uh, uh so <laughs> I I was looking at the doctor and you know people were like, do you want to teach college? I was like, not really. Like, okay, so then why do you want it? And I was like, well, uh, I want more money. <laughs> you know, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. And um, at the time, I was still teaching band, you know. Yeah. And um, I was like, you know, the knowledge and stuff is is cool, but I was like, I could be honest, I don't really think that, uh, and I still feel this way. You're going to learn a lot more about your subject area and and content and pedagogy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but when you're getting into to graduate degrees like that, it's just research. You know, it's it's not nearly as as practical as I think most people want it to be. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get data out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real value is trying to find a way to make that that research-based degree turn into something that is practical for you in the classroom. Yeah. And I think there's a lot, unfortunately, because of a lot of the like hoops you got to jump through with with the ethics boards and, and IRBs and stuff. Don't, a lot of yeah, people... I a don't, lot of people <laughs> don't even get me started about that. It was a nightmare. <laughs> a lot of people do research that's just not practical for the classroom because yeah. it's yeah. harder to get through. You know, right. it's, it's a longer review process. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, I used uh, 55 uh, seventh grade violin and viol players. And, yeah. um, you know, you'd have thought that I was giving them electrical shocks if they played <laughs> a wrong note or something. And I was simply yeah. recording them playing scales, which is uh, so I had to make sure that I, you know, said this is standard practice. Every teacher records their kids in an assessment. They're yeah. going to be using they're going to be using accompaniments. So that was my my thing. And it wasn't wasn't anything. But but they I mean, I guess. In all fairness, they want to look at it as a... Uh, if someone messed it up, and that's why they're there. <laughs> that's, you know why, I mean? that's why laws exist. That's it. There wouldn't be a speeding a speed limit if the, there weren't crazy people going like yeah. 100 miles an hour. You know? So, yeah, <laughs> I, I was, I was, you know, similarly, I was doing a... Um, I was... Uh, I kind of got through all my specialist coursework, uh, which, is, I mean, it took me... Uh, Two and a half, maybe three semesters. Um, okay, that's know, not so like, bad. How many credits? Is it like a master's degree in like 30 some hours? Yeah, it's like 30 hours. Okay. So, you know, it was like summer, fall, spring, and I should have finished last summer because um, I had all the coursework done by last spring. Yeah. And then summer was like, all right, I'll just do my final research project. I'll be done. But um, you're teaching orchestra now. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> and I, so that's when I that's when I moved to orchestra. So I yeah. had all that on my plate. Yeah. And I was trying to do this research project that was like focus groups with students and it was about like their experience of why they, you know, are not interested in continuing with the music program. And I was, okay. it was going to be like five different schools and, and 10 kids at each school. And there's so much red tape with that. My yeah. advice. More schools you choose, the harder it is because you get yeah. admin approvals and blah, different blah, blah, counties blah. have to approve it. Yes. And, yeah. So my advisor was like, look, if you want to graduate in two years, you might be able to do this or we can pivot. You know, so I pivoted to a an exempt protocol um, that okay. is only dealing. So yeah, with what adults. what is it? What, I mean, you, you you hinted on your on your research, but what are you really what are you doing exactly? Uh, I can't say too much. Oh, okay, it's okay, all confidential oh, stuff. Got you know, it, got but, it. Okay, um, uh, it's it's interviews. It involves... it, yeah, it's it's interviews with um, adults and students um, about a successful. Um, a successful music ensemble uh, that okay. uh, kind of nationally recognized and basically what what okay. is what's caused them national recognition over the last twenty years. You know they've cool. they've had director changes. They've had um, you know obviously the students are different and and circumstances are different. Sure, but they've they've kind of like stood the test of time there. So it's like okay, what do you, what's the special sauce? You know, it's kind of a case <laughs> study on that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's taken me a while, and you know, kind of I've been hung up for about a year and in, in review boards and, and uh, ethics and stuff. And yeah. uh, I actually just got, before I came here this morning, I just got the principal's uh, site approval letter and nice. everything is like Cobb County approved and, and Auburn approved. Um, and so you're doing it through Auburn. Yeah, doing, sorry, yeah. 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 So, right. <laughs> so I'm doing, my, doing it through Auburn. And uh, so hopefully um, I'll be able to get done by the end of the summer and Finally, nice. pay bump. Um, yeah, but I I chose Auburn because um, if you look at it online, it's like it looks crazy. You know, most doctor my doctoral programs are like fifty credit hours or so. Yeah, uh, Auburn's is ninety, Ooh. and it's like wait, why? That's two degrees. You know, and it, it was basically mm-hmm. explained to me that like you know if you do your specialist with us, um, 
and then we'll apply those credits towards the doctoral program. Yeah, and I think some doctoral programs do because I think they did that with mine. Yeah. It wasn't through Ohio State, but I, I think if I remember correctly, I remember seeing that somewhere where they, they would do that. So yeah. that's good though. Yeah. And so it's it turns that ninety into like basically do the specialist. And then once you finish the specialist, it's like twenty more hours of coursework and then your dissertation. Okay. So you um, could easily get that yeah. down the road. And is there a time yeah. uh, like a time limit? I, I you know think, of? you know, once you um once you finish the specialist, I think you've got um I think it's like a two or three year window Oh, okay. Um, where they kind quick. of like, you know, you're not guaranteed acceptance into it, but um, it kind of helps fast track you a little bit and um, cool. or the application fees are waived or some things like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, That's and good. So, yeah. And it, it's a good program. I really enjoyed it. Um, now I'm kind of like hitting that point where it's like, okay, do I want to take a little time off? Do I want to just keep pushing straight through? I'm just yeah. like, and, and what we kind of discussed uh, earlier this morning was, the, the deal with Auburn's specialist program is that the end, the final project, you know, you're like master's thesis for the specialist, right? Is basically a mini dissertation. Oh, you know, they yeah. expect, they expect mm. like 80 to a hundred pages of, of uh, research. Okay. And yeah. then the dissertation is like, you know, like 20 pages more or so. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on where you, what you do, you know. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll have to do a full defense for my oh. project and okay. everything. And so, it's so, it's really cool. You know, I'd recommend it, especially if you're looking to do a PhD program and that's something you want to go through. It it does kind of really help to train you in exactly what that process is going to be that's like. Good. So because a lot of a lot of master's degrees they don't have that yeah you know, that training for the the PhD or the doctorate. Yeah. Well, and and I was talking to my um, my faculty advisor, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, when I was when I was doing mine, one of my first research projects was my dissertation." You know, and now she's done, mm-hmm. you know, 20 or 30 different, you know, yeah, right. yeah, studies, but that. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people, it's hard at first because you don't, you don't know what you're doing until you do it. Yeah. And so I think it, it really helps kind of prep you through that process. And cool. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty pricey degree or. Um, I think if you don't take extra time like me. <laughs> okay. So there's like a, you have to register every semester. Ooh. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like being ABD. Like you still got to yeah. pay for that research time. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think it's, uh, that was, a, that was a fire under my rear end to get yeah. mine done because I didn't, they didn't have that requirement. So after I was ABD, I could like, I took time off. Oh, I had wow. kids, I got a new job. And then they're like, we're, we're enforcing this rule now that you have to register for three hours. And I was like, I know. Okay. it's costing me money. Let's yeah. get it done. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that and that and tenure, you know, or two, two, uh, two fires. Yeah. Um, under the butt. But I think it's, I think it's about 18, 19,000 at Auburn, okay. uh, which is pretty, I think, pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, and you get your money back rather quickly yeah. uh, on the pay scale. Which yeah. It's good. But especially with, with Cobb County, that you're getting the pay raise and, it's oh, unprecedented. Uh, I don't like to brag about it, but it's it's not, it's noteworthy to talk about. Uh, last year, Cobb, our school district, gave yeah. an eight and a half to thirteen point one percent raise across the board. Uh-huh. So depending on where you fell, um, you know, the younger teachers usually got the higher thirteen point one, and the older teachers got the smaller amount. I know I got the smaller amount. I, I think I. But it's I not small. I mean, seven or eight. Yeah. I'm not complaining. And then I was like, okay, we're done for raises for about three or four years, and then. This year they're doing another one from yeah. seven and a half to twelve point one percent. It's like, yeah, I I, I never would have uh, ever thought that. So it, um, I feel very lucky um, to be a part of that and uh, uh, very fortunate. But um, mm. you know, the other thing that that Cobb has going for it is I think what was the stat? They're keeping ninety nine percent of their teachers for next year. Like, oh, wow, yeah, there's it's crazy stat. Like, teachers are not leaving. Yeah, obviously, you know, yeah, they feel like they're getting um, something good and. Um, yeah. It's a good place. It's a great place to work, and I think they got it. They've got it going. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's I. Yeah, I always growing up was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I was looking to go to college, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a teacher, <laughs> and I kind of knew um, I would never make a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I was like, okay, well, all right, that's fine, you know, this is what I want to do, and in my first job, I was, you know, I was teaching out in the country. And you know it's not it's not quite as nice money as Cobb right, is, you right. know. Um, but it's not as expensive to live there either. No, but yeah. I was still living in downtown Atlanta. So. Oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. So you were, you're, yeah, yeah. I was still, uh, you know, I just graduated Georgia State and I was still okay. living there. And, yeah. 
But I, I think I made like thirty one or thirty two thousand. Wow! And I look back on that, and it was only eight years ago. Yeah, you know, and I know inflation's a factor and everything, but I'm like, I make so much more money than than that now. And yeah, you know, all I did was just get a master's degree, and then uh, you know, change districts, change, change districts, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, wow, I you know, I'm, yeah. I'm by no means rich, but <laughs> well, I, I feel I like don't know I feel too many like, teachers that are, but um, you know, it's comfortable and. Uh, the other thing that we have to consider as teachers is that, you know, we do have this time and uh, yeah. uh, you can't put a price on that. Yeah. You really I, can't. I, it's, um, I think 18 year old Adam would be like, oh my gosh, you're like, you're doing all right. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm doing all right. You yeah. are doing all right. You're I've doing got great, a house man. and I've got a car and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got food in the fridge. It's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, roof over your head and all the necessities. And then you got time too. Yeah. Time to sleep in. Time to vacation, time to do whatever you want. Which, yeah. for me, that's uh, that's part of part of the, the perks of the job. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It's and I think that's such a hot topic because you know everyone's like, well, pay teachers more, well, work more. You know, and there's there's all those those arguments back yeah. and forth, and I'm like, man, if you just taught, you would know how necessary these summers are. Go to are. middle school for a day, <laughs> or deal with high school attitudes for a day, or yeah. element, crazy elementary kids for a day. And I think a lot of people that work in the regular, in the, in a normal job or a yeah. real, a real job, whatever you want to call it, um, they, they would have a hard time. Yeah, you know. But it's so it's so ne- like for the kids for us. It's just, it just needed a time to like decompress and yeah. to go. Okay, yeah, all right. I I almost felt the same way like, in college. Um, with marching band you know it was like i love marching band i'm so excited to do it oh band camp's coming up and all right cool and then you like go through band camp and you're like oh these days are so long why am i doing this (laughs) you know the marching season's really long and all the rehearsals and the game days and yeah especially in college you know those game days are like you got to be there at seven for rehearsal and then play the pregame stuff with the team and it's just eight o'clock game and you're done at midnight Yeah. yeah And yeah. so every, by the end of every year, I'd be like, oh, I'm not doing it again next year. I'm not doing it. And then, you know, the scholarship <laughs> would come back in. I'm like, I'm doing it I'm again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that scholarship. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. But no, I, I think it's a, it's a lot the same with teaching. You know, yeah. you're like, For sure. you get run down by the end of the year, you recharge back up and you're excited to hit it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, it's weird because like the first few weeks after school's out, I start getting down and like, oh, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I get to do this and this and this. Okay, I, I'm all good. But it takes yeah. takes sometimes takes a week or, or so just to realize, like, I don't have to go back for a few weeks. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I've been back in school. Um, one of the, the interesting stories is we're, you're getting new floors, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're one of the buildings, too. Oh, yeah. and so we had to pack up everything. Everything. And everything. And label everything. And label it. And um, I went in, check on it, and, like, the place was torn up. Really? Yeah. And, but they, we have the, that Wanger Music Library system. We do too. A carpet. And they weren't going to replace a tile underneath it. So they, they cut the carpet that was on and they put tiles in front of it and the side of it and let the carpet underneath it. And so when yep. you pull it out, it goes, and it, oh, there's no music on it yet. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. So, okay. Um, so this is, this is, go this check is the on same it. thing. Um, so I'm going yeah. Saturday to take out the, the screws out of the concrete and out of the concrete walls pull the frames out and they're going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. Okay. We need to talk a little yeah. bit more like off the podcast. <laughs> Cause so I'm going I, to do some handiwork on a Saturday morning to pull all that stuff out. So that way they can, um, they're actually not going to put tile underneath it. Um, they're going to put, uh, they're going to strip it and just use the bare concrete floor and like polish the concrete yeah. floor and give us like a transition strip to the tile. So, all the music we have about eight of them for the chorus and okay. orchestra in one in one storeroom. Yeah, and they're going to leave a space so it can pull all the way out on concrete, pull all the way back, and so there won't be any like marks on the tile, and it'll like it'll be okay. good. But yeah, yeah it's, I, but we did that with the designers ahead of time, and they did it wrong. And I I went in there and looked at a check, and I, sure enough, I emailed my AP that's in charge of the construction, and I'm like, this is not right. We're not. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. You put music in there, so yeah. Well, Anyways, that's, that's what um. That was kind of, I asked about it when they came through, you know, they came and did like a building check and they were talking about what they were going to do. And I met with the the blueprint guy, you know, whoever was in charge. And um, I was like, I don't, I don't know if your plan is going to work because they wanted to, you know, just keep the carpet and then put a little strip. And I was like, so every time I pull it out, it's going to go, that's right. It does. I was like, I don't. And it's going to eventually crack the tile. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. 
Uh, and he's like, well, um, what if you guys emptied the shelves and then we won't take it down. But if you want to take it down, um, then we can probably tile underneath it and then you can put it back. And I, I like took the end cap off of it and mm-hmm. kind of saw behind the curtain of what, you know, it's like all mounted to the walls yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm taking it all out. And I was like, I like brought my head custodian and I said, I can take this out. But I don't know if it's going to go back in the right way. Like, yeah. and she's like, uh, "Why don't you call Winger?" So I, I actually uh, messaged Winger and was like, uh-huh. "Hey, you know, what do you recommend to do this?" And they're like, "Well, we could send some people back out because I think Winger dollar, dollar, was the dollar. one who yeah. installed it." And I was like, oh. "Yeah." And I haven't heard how much that's going to cost, and I'm like, "I don't. I will just see how it goes." So you know? the good thing is, as I'll have holes in the bare concrete that I can reuse, I may have to put some mortar in there and. Yeah. You know, fill it up and then re-drill kind of thing. So yeah. it'll it'll be fine. I've I've installed those from scratch before, back in the day, back way back in the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, but it's always interesting when you have school construction and, you know, all the other rooms are pretty normal and easy to do, and then you got the orchestra band and chorus room. So. Oh, and I was just... I was asked recently like, um, because we're trying to figure out how to how to store the instruments, and Ben's like, oh, we're just gonna put them in a the locker. Like, what are you gonna do? And I was like. I'm just going to case the cello and the bass up and put them on the rack and uh, hopefully they'll call me and I can come help move them and they don't try to wheel them the basses through the door and take the take the, take take the tops down. off. <laughs> just yeah. like, okay, uh, this is all I can do, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, there's no, we don't have lockers for, for right. cello and bass. So yeah, I don't either. Um, I took all the bows off. I was like, I don't want dust getting kicked up and stuff yeah. all over the bows and put yeah. those away, but it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Anyways, that's our that's our uh, summer, yeah things happening. So and then we get to unpack it all. Like I just moved into my office and I had to re unpack it. <laughs> well, fortunately for me, you know, I, I've got um, I kind of share the the office with um, the that's rest right. of the department. Uh, but it kind of became like the pack rat hiding hole for everything in the department for the last decade. And so it was nice for me to like clean oh, and good. purge everything. And so yeah. now I'm kind of walking back in going. All right, it's just my stuff. It's just you know, I know how I want to organize yeah. now, and it's so much cleaner already. It's, That's good. Oh, it's great. That's good. So, yeah. So, what else do you got this summer? Chilling. Oh, we're uh, vacation. Yeah, we're actually we're leaving. Well, today I've got a Braves game. Oh, nice. Um, going out. Hopefully, it doesn't rain on us. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, going to the Braves today and tomorrow. Nice. Uh, Megan ran a a five k. My wife. Uh, Ran a 5K and they gave her some free Braves tickets. It was the Braves 5K. And oh, the Braves 5. That's a fun one. So, know. we're doing uh we're doing today and tomorrow, and then Sunday we take off for uh like a little week long vacation. Uh, we're gonna hit up uh, Connecticut. We're going to Hartford, New Haven. Oh. We're gonna detour through Sleepy Hollow. Cool. Do a little spooky haunted tours. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and then we're gonna head out to Philadelphia. Uh, just kind of those bucket lists. Like I've never seen the the Liberty Bell and all you that. You got to go to the Rocky statue and do yeah. the stairs and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Philly. Yeah. Cap it off cool. with another another Braves game in Philly. Oh, nice. Uh, and my wife, she's so she's so nervous. She's like, "Can we not wear the Braves jerseys in Philly?" You're gonna be fine. I don't I don't want to get I don't want to get yelled at. And I was like, "Well, you get yelled at because it's Philly. <laughs> in Philly, you'll get yelled at." But, but that's cool. That'll be cool. It'll be a fun vacation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it'll be. Uh, it's uh, it's it's been a while since we've been on vacation. You know, we try to do one or two a year, but it's like it's, so ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good for you. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Uh, congrats to you on your on your first year. I'm sure many more to come. Yeah, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm, it's so cool to see see you like make it happen. Yeah. And you know, I did your um uh, fall workshop or winter. Uh, yeah, I think it was our, our January well, January workshop. Camp, yeah. yeah, and. Uh, the kids were great, like yeah. well behaved, well prepared. Um, it was just awesome. Yeah. So makes makes me happy to see see that um, that you know you you're making it making it yeah all uh, good it, things. It's been a it's been a long. Uh, I was kind of thinking about this the other day too. It's like there's so much that I put into kind of branding the orchestra this year. Yeah, and and just giving a face of the orchestra and a logo and some swag. I saw that. Yeah, swag's and, cool. And uh, you know they got their like laptop and their phone stickers now and all this kind of nice. stuff. And yeah, uh, it's been really cool to see how like how quickly the kids kind of rallied uh, around that identity. 
Yeah. Um, and now we're just kind of building it. And, you know, I think the excitement for the orchestra at Barber is really high right now. So I'm like, that's good. Just trying to keep riding that and pushing a little bit more. And that's right. I'm excited. I think next year's going to be really fun. Good. So, yeah. You got yeah. great kids. And um, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's going well. Yeah. So. Thanks. Well, enjoy the rest of your summer. We were going to be uh, back online at 1 o'clock with the uh, Dr. Rebecca McLeod. And uh, so I guess thanks again, Adam, yeah. for being here. Thanks for and, having uh, me. It's uh, fun. We'll put up Adam's bio and everything um, on the podcast. And uh, to check it out, if you have any questions for him or you're in, into that new strength teaching world, yeah. it, he's a great resource to, uh, to, to, to talk to. Happy to help, too. All right. Well, thanks again. And we'll see you guys all next time on the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information, visit orchestrateacher.net.